Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm the Technical Marketing Manager for Autodesk Inventor. And this week is Wednesday, January 17th, 2007. This is episode number eight. I wanted to welcome everybody in from the new year. It's taken a, a little bit longer than I expected to get a new podcast out. In fact, I received a couple of emails with people wondering if I was actually going to do another one. But uh, we're, we're definitely alive and kicking here in Portland. In fact, we just had uh, three inches of snowfall, which has pretty much put the whole, the whole town at a commission. So it's amazing what a couple of inches of snow can do. And uh, I'm working from home today and thought, what better thing to do than do a podcast? So I'm going to take a little bit of time and cover some news items. There's a handful of news items that have uh, kind, of, kind of snuck up on me. I've got a technology piece that I want to talk about, a uh, resource piece as well, and then I've got a handful of tips and tricks. So with that, let's jump right into the news. So the first item of news is an interesting one. There was an announcement that came out uh, December 18th that Autodesk and PTC has announced an interoperability agreement. And what that uh, basically entails is that Autodesk is going to be able to use the Granite Kernel to, to be able to import in PTC geometry without having to save it out as a SAT or STEP or IGES file. So it'll make it very easy to be able to reuse PTC or Pro Engineer data in Inventor. Uh, we're also going to allow them to, uh, to use our real DWG software development toolkit, which will allow them to bring in AutoCAD geometry much easier and, and much cleaner. So there's a great little partnership there if you do anything with PTC. Uh, this will be a, a great tool that will allow you to work back and forth at some future point. Our next news item comes from Catalyst, and they had a, an awards, basically an all-star award for the best of the best of 2006. And several of Autodesk products made it up there, Inventor being one of them. And they just mentioned in, in the little article, in fact, I'll put a, a link in the show notes, but just talked real briefly about Inventor 11 and, and how far we've come from uh, the inception of Inventor and you know a lot of the great functionality that is found in there and that it's become quite a, a competitive piece of software in the 3D CAD industry. So if you get a chance, take a look at the 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 uh, awards, the best of the best for 2006. It's kind of a fun little thing to take a look at and, and uh, see what actually came out in 2006. Our next article comes from, uh, it's a success story for Phoenix Gold. Phoenix Gold makes high-end car audio and for any of any of you car uh, car nuts out there that like car stereos, probably are familiar with who Phoenix Gold is. They're actually based here in Portland, Oregon, and they've used Inventor for some time to design a lot of their products. You know, they make both amplifiers and speakers and a number of other components. And their latest amplifier that they they have just released came out uh, a little bit ago, and it was all done with Inventor. They were able to take full advantage of a lot of the 3D capabilities in Inventor. And you know it has hundreds of components that fit in the their little tight enclosure, and they were able to use Inventor to make sure there weren't any interference or you know plenty of clearances and really take full advantage of all the documentation and everything with that. So excited to see the a nice little write up on them. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in taking a look at uh, Phoenix Gold, some of the things that they create, and how they're using Inventor. It's it's a nice little article. So with that we have one more article. And this is our Inventor of the Month for December 2006. And the Inventor of the Month is MERU, and that uh, that's an acronym. It's for Medical Engineering Resource Unit. And these guys make the, the little wheel, motorized wheelchair, 
uh, motorized wheelchairs for disabled children. And, you know, surprisingly, they have wheelchairs that start out for one-year-old to five-year-old children that uh, have disabilities. And they're using Inventor to do their design work on there. And, you know, these, uh, these little wheelchairs are pretty sophisticated wheelchairs. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things going on. So if you get a chance, this is also a nice little article to, to see how these guys are using Inventor. And it's great to see somebody using Inventor that's making people's lives better. This is a neat little story. So if you get a chance, as I mentioned, we'll put it in the show notes. And that concludes our news section. So our next section is the technology section. And I wanted to talk about a utility that is uh, put out by Autodesk. I was talking with a customer a week or so back and they were struggling with having newer versions of uh, an AutoCAD file that they weren't able to open up in an older version of AutoCAD. They didn't have the, the newer version and they were getting files sent to them and they didn't really have any way to open them. And they weren't aware that there's, there's a utility that Autodesk has called DWG True Convert that allows them to open up these files or, uh, or basically just run these files through a converter and tell it to save them down to, clear down to an AutoCAD uh, R14 file. So this is a great way to just have a number of different AutoCAD files, save them down to a, an older version, and then be able to open them up in, uh, in that version of AutoCAD. And again, it's not necessarily new technology, but it's for those of you that still use AutoCAD, it might be a great little utility that you're not, uh, not needing to use AutoCAD to do that conversion for you. So in our resources section, I had a white paper that I wanted to point out. In fact, I think I, I pointed this out a month or so back, a podcast or two ago. But Corey McDonald created a white paper that's designing with parametric sketches. And I know that uh, there, there are probably some of you out there that are new to Inventor, still kind of figuring out how Inventor works. And we might even have some some listeners out there that uh, aren't using Inventor right now, maybe using AutoCAD and probably hearing something called parametric and maybe not quite sure what it is or you know as I mentioned getting into Inventor maybe want a little bit more uh, knowledge about it before you go in and start building all your parts. Well Corey put together a nice little white paper that talks about parameters, how parameters work. You know the the sketching environment in Inventor is a bit different than AutoCAD as far as we have 2D constraints that allow it to, to keep things like perpendicularity, parallel, vertical, things things of those nature, and then place dimensions and automatically adjust geometry based on that. And this little white paper just goes through some of that, talks a little bit about the constraints, and it, it goes through some of the parameters and parameter linking, and being able to uh, to make some design changes with parameters and be able to see you know your entire part change based on a couple of dimensional changes so if you're if you're kinda new to the parametric side of things you may want to take a look at this article and even if you're a seasoned inventor user you know oftentimes you can find some little tips that uh, that are in these things that you may not be aware of so I'll put a, a link in the show notes it's a PDF file again it was done by Corey McDonald's he, he's a uh, uh, he's an inventor expert. He actually uses a, the product. He owns his own company, and uh, and uh, put this white this white paper together for us. So you know, definitely a, a nice little article and something to take a look at if if you're an AutoCAD user or a new inventor user. All right. Well, let's jump into our final portion of the podcast, which is tips and tricks. You may have noticed that I left out events this podcast. I figured with the new year this may be something that uh, wasn't really beneficial. Everybody kind of getting into the swing of things and uh, maybe not something that people really cared about. 
And also this brings up a good point that uh, usually at the end of the podcast I give you an email address that you can email into. If you find that certain portions of the podcast aren't really that beneficial to you, feel free to let me know if, if you find that the events are, are things that you really don't care about. Uh, you know, if I find out that most people really uh, don't, don't pay much attention to them and, and, you know, just kind of waste of time, then let me know. I'd love to hear some, of, some feedback on that. But with that, let's jump into some of the tips and tricks. So the first tip that I have comes from Lynn Allen. She's got a blog, and also she's primarily our evangelist for the AutoCAD products. She's also used Inventor a bit, and you know this tip comes from her experience in AutoCAD and then jumping into Inventor. Probably the first time many of us started using Inventor if we were using AutoCAD beforehand, were maybe a little bit annoyed when you'd use a roller wheel and your, your mouse was zooming or the, the zoom direction was backwards to what you were used to in AutoCAD. You know, it doesn't take long to get used to that, but for new users, that may be something that really is bothersome. And then if you're jumping back and forth between AutoCAD and Inventor, it may be something that you want to lock down so that, you know, one way or the other, it's the same direction. So one of the ways you can do that, you actually can go into AutoCAD and, uh, and re- the reverse of direction in the options. But on her blog, she posted a, a nice little tip on how to do this, and I'll have a link in the show notes. But basically, she had uh, she she stepped through this, and uh, this is a registry edit. So if you're not familiar with the registry and you don't really want to mess with it, uh, I'd definitely be careful. And you also will want to back up your registry before you do this. But it is one string that we're going to change, so it's a, a pretty minor change. What we're going to do is go into the Start menu. So down at the bottom of Windows, just click on Start, and then re- type in uh, well, go to the Run, and type in RegEdit. And from there, it'll take us into the registry editor. And we want to go to My Computer, H key Current User, and then we want to go to Software. Once you're in there, uh, what we want to do is burrow down a little bit into Autodesk, Inventor, Registry Version 11.0, and then under System, you'll find Preferences and Display. So that is down there a little ways. But once you're in there, you can double click on the Viewing Command option, and you'll want to change that from from 1 to 3. So if you make that, that change from 1 to a 3, you'll notice that your zoom direction is now changed to the default of AutoCAD. So just a, a real easy way to make it the same as AutoCAD if you're familiar with AutoCAD and you like its zoom direction better. Or if you'd rather, you can go into AutoCAD and reverse its zoom direction as well. And she's spelled both of those out there. But a uh, nice little tip from Lynn Allen. And the next one we have is from Avitech. They've got uh, providing flat patterns to manufacturing. And those of you that create sheet metal parts, a nice little tip that uh, I didn't discover for a little while, that uh, from the sheet metal part, the flat part, if you want to save this out as a 2D drawing, or not a 2D drawing, but uh, a 2D DWG, you know, a lot of you probably create a drawing first and then export that out as a, a DXF or DWG you can actually right click right on the flat pattern and do a save copy as and tell it to save as a DXF, DWG, or SAT file. And uh, it saves definitely a, a nice step from having to go through the drawing environment to do that. So the Avitech tip goes uh, kind of steps through and explains how you can do this and some of the steps for that. So it's a nice tip put on by Avitech and they go into some nice detail even into uh, some of the XML language for, uh, for the flat pattern. So anyway, take a look at that. I'll have a link in the show notes. Our next tip that we have is uh, one that I put together. Amy and I just got back from Germany, and I I actually have a nice little picture of her on our blog. Uh, She fell asleep on the train. But uh, 
in the same blog I put together a couple of simple little tips kind of new year tips that they're they're fairly basic tips but some of you may not be aware of of these little tips uh, if you ever have have had a feature that you've wanted to copy from one location to another say a, a, a slot or something that you want to take from one face to another you can actually easily do that by going into the browser right click grabbing the, or selecting the feature right clicking on it and doing a copy and then moving over to another face you can right click and do a paste and it'll paste that over very similar to if you, were, if you would create an eye feature. So you can also do that between parts. So if you wanted to take a feature from one part to another, you could have both of them opened up in Inventor and set focus on the one that you wanted to copy the feature from, move over to the, the part that you want to copy the feature to, and then simply right click on the face and paste it in place. So it's a really nice way to be able to share features from one part to another or one face to another. Um, the other tip that I wanted to talk about was the other half option in assembly constraints. You know, quite often when I'm talking to uh, inventory users, it comes up that in assemblies, when, when they have constraints that go bad, it's sometimes difficult to interrogate the assembly and figure out what's going wrong. And one of the things that was added, I believe in Inventor 9, was uh, in the constraints, and it might have been Inventor 10, but if you have an assembly constraint and you want to see where the other half of the constraint belongs, so you may have two parts in the assembly and you know there's a constraint that belongs to both the same constraint that is shown under each of those parts, you can actually go to one of the constraints, right click on it and select other half and it'll take you in the browser to the other part where the other constraint is. So it makes it very easy to navigate in the browser to the other part that it's constrained to. And you also can can tell it to isolate components. So if you right click on a constraint you can tell it to isolate components and it'll turn the visibility of all the other components in the assembly off other than the two constraint components. So those are a couple of really great ways to be able to see what's going on in your assembly if you need to analyze how it's constrained or how it's put together. So I've got a couple more tips that I w thought that I would add in here just kind of a, a new year new year tip, tip uh, podcast. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about is editing standard content. The other day I was working on an assembly and I, I wanted to change the part color of some of the standard content. And as I was going through it, I thought it might be something that many of you have run into and, and maybe maybe not realize there's a, a quick workaround to this. You know, typically the uh, standard parts comes from your your um, your project depending on your project where you're pointing to your standard parts it knows that uh, you know different components from your content center that they're standard parts and you shouldn't change them however if you want to go in and make some changes to them one thing you can do is change the project to be a default project or a different project that's not pointing to the location where they're at and specifying it as standard content um, so the default the default project is a great project to do this but uh, you can then go in, open up the file, change part color, edit them a little bit, save it, close it, and then when you go back to your original assembly or, or project, you'll be able to see that those files have changed. So, you know, something you probably don't want to do all the time, but it is nice if you have standard components that you want to change, face colors or whatnot, uh, it allows you to go in and do that. And then the last tip that I had that I wanted to talk about is view reps and LOD reps. We've had view reps in the product for some time, and they allow you to simply create 
uh, you can create a new view rep, turn components off in that view rep, and then when you switch back and forth between multiple view reps, it'll save the camera location and the visibility of components. And even if you've done assembly color overrides, it'll keep those as well. And then LOD reps allow you to suppress components. So this is different from turning the visibility of components off. This is new to Inventor 11. But you can create an LOD rep and select certain components and suppress them, similar to suppressing features, and it removes them from memory. So this is a really nice way to lighten up your assembly. Um, you'll notice that if you open up an assembly that's been saved in Inventor 11, you have four different, uh, I believe it's four different LOD reps that uh, you can turn all the, the content center files off, you can turn all parts off or all components off. So you can essentially suppress all components in your assembly if you want and then just go and unsuppress certain ones that, uh, that you may deem necessary to load up. But one of the tips that I wanted to add here is quite often you may create LOD reps or I'm sorry if you have view reps in an assembly and you want to create LOD reps that's basically the same thing only instead of visibility it's suppressing the components you can right click on a view rep and you'll notice that you can now save that as an LOD rep so if you have a bunch of assemblies that were created prior to 11 and you want to be able to, to now take advantage of those view reps as LOD reps you'll be able to do that and actually save a bit of memory in your assembly so those are just a couple of nice little tips and tricks for the new year Hopefully you enjoyed those. Uh, as, as we typically do at the end of the podcast, if you have any feedback that you'd like to offer us, you can email us at inventor.blog.feedback at autodesk.com. You can also go out to our manufacturing blog site and uh, take a look at both uh, what Amy and I put on the blog. We usually do tips and tricks and various uh, items up there, new things to the CAD world and just a, a number of, of fun things up there and also if you have something that you think is is worthy to put on the blog shoot me an email and and uh, you know we're more than happy to put things up there so hopefully you guys had a great new year hopefully uh, you're looking forward to 2007 and we'll catch you next podcast